the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How many times have you read through the Gospels wishing that you were born back then? that you could have seen Jesus face to face, that you could have maybe been one of the disciples or at least one of the crowd that followed him around. You know, at the end of the day, even the disciples would tell you and I that it doesn't even compare to once Jesus ascended to heaven. And for very good reason, because he sent the comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit to replace him. Far more effective and far more useful for you and I. You see, as a man... He could only minister to 12 at a time. As a spirit, he's in each and every one of us all the time. It's encouraging to see, and that's what we'll do today. This is Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan in John chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. We are progressing ahead in our study and examination of the third person, the spirit of the living God. And we are at that aspect of his ministry after having dealt with his personhood and affirming that he is very God of very God with his own distinct personhood and attributes and his specific calling. We dealt with him in terms of his agency with the Father and the Son in creation, in providence, in redemption. And then we began to work through his authorship. He is considered the spirit of life. And as the spirit of life, he is the immediate power of God, person and power of the father and the son that brings about life. As Jesus said in John's gospel, chapter six, it is the spirit that does what? Quickens. He is the one that gives life. He is called the spirit of life. In fact, for the people of God, he is called the law of the spirit of life by which God mandates their spiritual life and welfare because of his immediate presence. We move from his agency and authorship to now his apostleship. We began last week talking about the spirit of God as being the one sent, sent. Apostello means to be sent. That's the verb form of the noun apostolos or apostle. And the spirit of God is the apostle of Jesus Christ to the world, not just to the church, but to the world. And we will see that more fully today. He has been sent. He has been sent. And the title of our message today, I really want you to to grab hold of this concept, the apostleship of the spirit of God, because... I go to my father. This is a term that I want to come home in your thinking today. Because I go to my father. You will note in John's gospel, particularly chapter 16, Jesus is actually having a very sober conversation with the disciples. A profoundly emotionally charged conversation with his 11. And it's because 
He recognized what is at hand in their immediate future, immediate future, meaning a few hours from now, something will occur in the life of the apostles and they sense it that will require Jesus doing something for them that would keep them, that would protect them, that would watch over them. What I'm talking about is the wretched scandal of the cross of Jesus Christ. The offense of the cross that Christ had talked about so many times, the son of man goeth as it is written, and he shall be betrayed and hated and rejected of the rulers and of the people, and he will be mocked and ridiculed and killed. Christ began to press this home as he left Capernaum and, and Philippi, Caesarea Philippi in Matthew 16, where he, he challenged the disciples on who he is. Who do you say that I, the son of man, am? And they got it right. Peter being at the head of that conversation, they got it right. You are the Christ of the living God. And what appears to be occurring in this dialogue with Christ as he moves towards his demise, of which he calls his glory. As he's moving toward that direction, he senses very keenly not only his own vulnerability, but the vulnerability of these lambs, these 11 lambs that are before him. And as I lay a foundation today, I want you to get the application because it applies to you and I. Christ said over eight times in John chapter 16, because I go to my father, because I go to my father, because I go to my father. What he understood was that the scandal of the cross that was about to occur, the nature of it, it's rejection of God and rejection of Christ, given the enormous spiritual darkness, which was already, already being satanically inspired in the midst of them. He said it in the gospel of Luke, this is your power and this is the hour of darkness. And it was settling on the disciples. They got a sense of something tremendously nemesine, tremendously evil occurring. And you do know when we have that sixth sense in us, something's wrong, right? Something's painfully wrong, but we're not quite sure what it is. And that's because you and I are not God and we, we can't see further than our noses and we don't know what the next second has for us. And we certainly can't determine and prophesy tomorrow, but Jesus knows. And here's what Christ knows is that for a season, all of hell will come out of the pit and encompass him about like the nations of the world and the Jews and the Gentiles, as he describes so epically in Psalm 22, lions and bulls and dogs and vipers and all kinds of hordes would be coming after him. He was not so much concerned about himself, even though as a human being, this would be an enormous trial for him. What he was concerned about was his 11 lambs. Now, I want to make an application as I lay down this foundation because I go to my father. Now, what Jesus knew as a teacher is what all good teachers know is a lot of times you have to tell the people things that they are not going to understand up front. I talked to my guys about this on Friday, how that uh, what you have to often do is throw the football out in front as coach taught us and you just have to run. You have to run with your head up and realize at some point you're going to see the ball. 
You're going to see the ball. And if you're ready to receive it, it will drop into your hands and you will look like you are the greatest running back in the world. But it was really about the quarterback. And my my point is that Christ was telling the disciples that things would be occurring here in a moment. But the only thing I want you to get is that I go to my father. And because I go to my father, it's going to be all right. I'm going to my father. I'm going to my father because for Christ, going to the father was the ultimate and quintessential destination. I go to my father. And if you are born again, if you know Christ, if you have the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, father, then you know your destiny is the same as his. I'm headed to my father. And because you're headed to the father, as did Christ, it doesn't matter what comes down the pipe, what troubles occur, what difficulties are in front of you. It's going to be all right because you're where? Going to the father, too. I want to press it home now so that you can get it. What happens is a devastation and a wounding effect that takes place in the mind of and soul of the apostles. They are going to be hit with a onslaught of opposition that's emotional, that's psychological, that's spiritual. And it's going to hit them so hard that they are going to collapse into complicity with the same evil that hits Jesus. And at this moment, they couldn't even imagine that they would reject Jesus too. They couldn't imagine that they would abandon him too. They couldn't imagine at this moment right now, they're thinking they're all right. Peter just said, Lord, I'll go with you anywhere. The disciples said so much when they said, me too. Jesus said, no, you won't. As soon as the shepherd is smitten, you all will scatter. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's an application. The gospel will do that repeatedly throughout history. It will have such an impactful sort of um, uh, impact on the lives of men and women that negative things occur. Men and women do not receive the gospel well when it's preached. You, you might think that everyone in the world would be happy to hear about a savior, a mediator. But what God has taught his people is frequently when you identify with Jesus, you're going to suffer. Frequently, when you are in pursuit of the Son of God, a real working knowledge of him, a real relationship with him, things around you are going to fall apart. Now, now I want you to hear this now. I want you to hear it now. Frequently, you will find yourself in your naivete or your ignorance or your lack of diligence or just your plain out sinfulness engaged in the same complicity of denying Jesus that the rest of the world. See, you and I, can be offended. You and I can fail to understand. You and I can be wounded by the truth. You and I can be offended by who God is. You and I can misinterpret providence. You and I can get mad at sovereignty. Am I making some sense? You and I can be those who also, even though one moment ago you say, oh, how I love Jesus. The next moment you are abandoning him. And here's something even more difficult for us to have to grapple with, which is why I want to lay this foundation before we begin to deal with the implications of because I go to my father. In this dark world of satanic hostility, there are all kinds of deceptions that go on. 
secular deceptions, political deceptions, social deceptions, psychological deceptions, educational deceptions, uh, sociological deceptions, the whole spectrum of the world taking on a facade of being good and being right and being godly. And yet none of it is good or right or godly. And you and I have a tendency to collapse into this pseudo good, pseudo right and pseudo godly when you and I are not grounded in Christ. Am I making some sense? You and I can be trapped by the lies that take place in the world. You can hear the voice of the devil, the adversary telling you it is better for you to walk with the multitude than with the few extremist nuts that you see asserting that they love Jesus. You can quickly collapse into compromise. You can. And particularly, particularly when you and I miss the real point as to why Christ is going to the Father. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But there have been many of us who in our early days of walking with God have found ourselves walking with not so friendly individuals who profess to know God. We found ourselves having uh, become acquainted with enemies of the gospel, enemies of the cross, even though we thought they were helpers. Many of us have got trapped in the scandal of legalistic churches where all it was about was don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other thing and how short your dress is and how long your hair should be and what colors you should wear. There were times when I was among some folks who would say if you wore a pink shirt, you're a little bit, you're a little bit off, brother. Don't wear pink shirts in church. I got about four pink shirts now because I'm saved by grace and a color scheme doesn't really matter. Are you following the logic? Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. In other words, there is an appeal to legalism when you don't know the glory of the grace of God. It's an appeal to legalism. There are men and women who will rise up and look so good. You won't know it, but you will collapse into making them your savior. You don't know it, but you will begin to give them the kind of allegiance that really only belongs to God. You may say that will never happen to me. Well, it's already happening if you're saying that. See, in other words, there have been many times where where we as dumb lambs and dumb sheep have collapsed into darkness and been troubled by lies and been swept into groups of people that have meant our harm. In the church, especially, we have collapsed into what we call mystical Pentecostalism. The whole idea that if I don't have some kind of experience where God doesn't levitate me or God doesn't reveal himself to me or God doesn't do something wild and bizarre and crazy to me, I don't know God. And you started following some fool and they took you down a rabbit hole of darkness and it tore your head up so bad you didn't know whether your left hand was your right or vice versa. You got trapped by the false glory of legalism and Pentecostalism and paganism and mysticism. Raise your hand if you ever been there. Good. I knew it. 60% of the room been there. Some fool deceived you. Some liar hoodwinked you. Some church group controlled you all because you were ignorant of him who went to the father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, 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 and once you have gone through Uh, these kind of experiences, these pits, these traps, these gins, please hear me now. The only thing that can recover you from a lie like that without you abandoning God and saying, I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, I'm through with all that because it was so bad for me, I can't believe nobody but myself. Now now you're worse off. 
But it gets so bad sometimes when you've been trapped by that kind of legalistic and and mystical religion and and the lie. and, And you thought she was the godly woman and you thought he was the godly man. The point is you missed the real godly man. You missed the real godly person. You really missed what godliness was all about because you had never comprehended the truth of the gospel. And what Christ is doing is actually preparing his disciples to overcome this kind of scandal. If you are presently rooted and grounded in the person and work of Jesus Christ, if Christ is altogether lovely to you today, if you know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by him, if you're sold out on the gospel of Jesus Christ today, it was because he went to the Father in your behalf. That's what that's all about. Stay with me now. This is very important. There will be people in your life, close loved ones, friends, family members, mamas and daddies and sisters and brothers who will collapse into the same pit that you already came out of. And the only way they will escape is if Christ has gone to the Father in their behalf. See, not everybody comes out. Not everybody is delivered. I've been around in Christ for a long time now. And what amazes me about people who get trapped in error and in falsehood and in false churches, you know what amazes me about it? They don't come out. And you can throw the whole book at them with all kinds of historical evidences as to how wrong it is for you to be in that pit hole that you're in and they still won't come out. And I'll tell you why. The son didn't go to the father for them. Because the only way you come out is if Christ sends another helper and that other helper comes and grabs you by the hand and snatches your tail out like the angels did Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah when he wanted to stay. He wanted to stay. He wanted to stay. The angels were stronger than him, said, no, God has a charge. I have to deliver you and everyone that wants to be delivered because God had chosen him under salvation. And so what we're dealing with in our text is what I would say is necessary because of the repeated historical scandal of the gospel, the repeated historical scandal of the gospel. And the remedy for the scandal of the gospel is his sending of the Holy Spirit. But Christ cannot send the Spirit until he goes to the Father. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? He cannot send the spirit until he goes to the father. So in your outline, there are four main headings. I want you to capture these now. Four main headings that as we begin to work through expositionally dealing with the text, I want you to understand it. I wrote these out in a way by which you can understand them successively as one sentence. Because I go to the father, Jesus says, the comforter will come to you and he will glorify me. How? Through you. This is the doctrine of Christ glorified in them. All the work that our master is doing from chapter 13 to chapter 17 is the work of explaining to his disciples how important it is for the third person to come. All the work that he's doing is to explain to them this. So under our first point, here's what I want you to capture. Because I go to my father, because I go to my father, Jesus makes it very clear because I go to my father, three sub points we want to deal with. I'm going to my father's abode. You guys see that? 
This is what he said it in John 14, verse one. He's already said a couple times from chapter 13 to 14. I'm going to him from whom I came. He who sent me is now the one to whom I'm going. But he says in John 14, one and two, these words, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many what? Right. And I have to rescue this from the funeral service uh, proclamation because we often preach this at funerals, do we not? And yet this text is not talking about when believers merely die and go to heaven. This text is speaking about what Christ would do when he returns to the father and make sure that you and I have a place with him at God's right hand. The mansion there is a fairly weak translation rooted in our European mindset of spaces. That particular term means abode or dwelling place. And the dwelling place that Christ prepares for us is God himself. It's not just a mansion or real estate, whether in heaven or on earth. And as much as we want to talk about streets of gold and and what God has for me in heaven in terms of large places, if you don't take that as an analogy and as a metaphor of earthly things pointing to heavenly things, you're still carnal. Set your affection on things above where Christ is and transcend this first order of things, material things. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? For although God can only talk to us in terms of material things, really what he means are greater and more transcendent realities. What could be more glorious than for you and I to be as near to God in the totality of a perfect nature and a glorified state as near to God as Jesus is? What could be more glorious than that? What could be more fulfilling and satisfying that Jesus goes to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. And now you get some insight into the passion of Christ wanting to lead. His love for his lambs, for his sheep, for his people and his elect drives him to want to go back to his father And prepare a place for all of us who believe that where he is, we may be also. And he lets us know it before he tells us. Notice what he says. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, so the soul that has been begotten of God right now, hearing that goes, this is absolutely astounding. Christ's return is to make sure that I have a place in glory. I go to prepare a place for you, a position for you, a status for you, a room for you, that you would have a position with me, with God at his right hand. Whatever that means in all the fullness of its splendor and glory, that's what Christ is saying. And even still, Even still, as he begins to explain to them, he's going to the father for this purpose. They struggle. They struggle with that. They struggle with this notion of him going to the father. We know that because in John 16, they wanted to ask where he was going and they couldn't. They didn't even put it, pull it out. Look at point B to receive to, to receive you rather to myself. Now I'm going to my father's abode in order to receive you to myself. Verse three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, here it is, I will come again. Do you see it? And I will receive you unto what? 
myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Do you see it? Yeah. So the, the, the drive of Christ going to the Father is to secure a place for us. Here's the other tag. With him. I'm going to prepare a place for you that you might be with me as I will be with my father. What a union. What a communion. What a, what a destination. What a final resting place for the people of God. So he's going to the father, to the father's abode. That's what he said in John 17, 5. Father, restore unto me the glory that I had with you from before the foundation of the world. Remember that? I'm ready to go back to my position of dignity. I'm ready to go back to occupying my position at your right hand. I'm ready to enjoy the glory of a full manifest deity. I'm ready, Lord, because my work down here is done. I'm ready to go back because when he goes back, not only will he be enjoying the right of his exalted status, as we learn, right? The Father has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow. Christ is not going back merely to be exalted. He's going back because he loves dwelling with his father. The Ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Our goal here on the broadcast is that you grow in your walk and relationship with Christ. That you find yourself useful in his hands to the glory of his kingdom. Questions and comments about the broadcast can be directed to our phone number or our website or by writing to us. You can write to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Also, take advantage of past messages delivered by Pastor Jesse and guest pastors. It's free for the download. Again, grace-bible.com. If you'd rather contact us by phone, maybe you have a question or comment about the broadcast. Maybe you'd like a CD copy of today's message. Call us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you enjoy the good old-fashioned way of getting in touch with folks, the U.S. mail, our address is Way of Grace, 22768 Main Street. That's right here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. As you reach out to us for whatever reason, we would also ask you to prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially. If you have added financial resources at your discretion, we would ask you to consider joining us as we present the gospel on a daily basis here on Way of Grace. This is a listener-supported ministry, and as you link arms with us, it ensures that we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. Please consider that as you get a hold of us and then join us again next time as our study in God's Word continues that you might find yourself on His way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.